Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com, movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's right, hashtag the Snyder Cut, which means I am joined for this very special discussion by the two biggest comic book nerds I know, Mike Pomero. Hey everybody. And Adam Thaws. My man. <laughs> it has been far too long since we have all podcasted together and since I've heard Adam say my man. <laughs> See, there we go. It's been, uh, check it off the list. So the long-awaited Snyder Cut was released on HBO Max just this week, and we thought, what better opportunity to talk about a four-hour cut of Justice League than this so we're going to get into that in just a few minutes uh spoiler filled conversation so if you've not yet watched the four-hour cut of justice league you want to go do that before you listen to the rest of this episode but first i will ask you mike have you seen anything good lately uh yeah it's been a mixed bag i decided it's recently that bag. i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna fill in some 80s horror blind spots um, and also watch some 80s horror that I just haven't seen in a while. All right. Uh, and again, as you can imagine, there's been some hits and misses. Um, actually, Adam, I thought of you because I watched. So I rewatched The Fly, which I've seen a bunch. Um, you know, that's not a blind spot. And I watched that probably at least once a year. Um, quick note on The Fly. I always, I mean, everyone knows it's great. I really this time more than any other time I realize as great as Jeff Goldblum is Gina Davis is the MVP of that movie hundred percent she's so I mean again they're both great yeah holy cow she's you know she's something special she's the MVP of most movies she's in (laughs) that's that's the truth Um, I realized that at F this movie fest watching Beetlejuice again like I was like oh my god she's so good in this movie yeah she is but Adam, I rewatched The Fly Two, that I have not okay. seen since. Do you remember we rented that? Dude, it's been so long. Like I'm struggling right now to like remember it. It's but just yeah, amazing. we were just so we were too hard on <laughs> on movies. I think for a while there, because I I remember we really disliked The Fly Two, and I am not saying it's The Fly. Um, but well, it was it's way a kid, right? It's the one with the kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's written by the great Mick Garris, stars Eric Stoltz. It was just way better than I than I remembered. It loses some steam in the third act, I thought. But yeah, but the third act has all those amazing gore effects. It does. It does. It's just I, it was much more fun than I remember. Um, the only thing Adam I remembered is there's a scene like a really gross syringe scene. Oh where God. I think a Syringe gets broken off into someone's arm, and Adam yes. has a. That is what, now that you're saying it, that's the thing I remember from that movie. (laughs) Right. Adam does not like syringes. I'm pretty sure a guy's face peels off. Another guy gets crushed by an elevator, but you're remembering the syringe. That was the thing that was hard to take. Welcome to my world. (laughs) A dog gets turned inside out, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of trauma in that movie, but the syringe is what sticks. Literally. (laughs) Oh, there you go. He doesn't like it. Another sequel I kind of um, – Patrick, tell me if I'm nuts, but I'm a big fan of uh, Stepfather. But I thought Stepfather 2 wasn't half bad. Am I crazy? I need to re-see Stepfather 2. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw it. I just – I thought it was 
I thought it was kind of fun. Like Meg Foster's always, I always like when she shows up in things. It's got Caroline Williams, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Caroline Williams is in it. I don't know. I liked it a lot better than I had anticipated. I also went down a bit of a David Cronenberg rabbit hole. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully it, not before it, you went to bed. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I started with um, Shivers. I did Shivers, Brood. Um, what else? Rabbit. Oh, God. Yes, thank you. Rabbit. I, he really started, and I like those movies. I'm not necessarily the audience for, for those. I really start to dig dig in when we get to Videodrome, uh, Dead Zone. But the one that like really, that I love, and again, Adam, I thought of you because I remember it messed you up when we saw it, but I watched uh, Dead Ringers for the first time. That's in fun, man. That movie messed me up, man. <laughs> Why did that movie mess you up? There's no syringes, is there? No. No. <laughs> That movie just messed me up. I don't know why. <laughs> I just remember I mean, getting you and Eric, you, Go ahead. You and Erica Patrick talked about it like right after I watched it. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, it was a good time. But that that movie, it, that's one of those movies that I was, I don't want to say nervous to go back to, but I, I really loved it the first time I'd seen it when Adam and I watched it. And it just always felt, and I had no real reason to feel this way, but I always felt like if I go back to it, I'm not going to like it as much. Um, I don't know. There's a handful of movies like that in my head, and it's unfair. Uh, and I'm glad I went back to it because it is. Pro- it's probably my favorite of his. I, the The Fly is maybe a better movie, and I love The Fly. Yeah. Uh, but Dead Ringers is pretty that was awesome. One of those, that was one of those movies we got done with it, and you turned to me and you're like, "So what'd you think?" And I was <laughs> like, "I really liked it, but I kind of never want to watch that movie again." <laughs> It's a really good movie to see on a date. <laughs> You're really right. It really is. In my head, Adam, like the movies that really messed you up were Dead Ringers and Dawn of the Dead. Am I correct in that? Dude, dude Dawn of the Dead, I still, that one, I just remember walking away from it and being like, there's not really an ending. There's no happiness here. What happened? She just flies away. <laughs> so we're not talking Snyder Cut. We're talking OG Dawn of the Dead. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, OG. OG. There was supposed to be an ending. She was supposed to jump up into the helicopter blades. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, they shot it, I think. I believe there's footage of it, but uh, then they changed it at the last minute and decided to have her escape with Ken Ferre, which is a much better ending. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Maybe there's only test footage of her jumping up into the helicopter blades, but I know that was the original planned ending. I agree. Not great. Um, if not for Scanners, which I don't love, I like it enough, but I'm mm-hmm. real mixed on Scanners. If not for Scanners, Cronenberg would have like a perfect 80s. Oh, right. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It, the, the Dead Zone was, was my one first time viewing. Oh, okay. It's terrific. It's terrific. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so, yeah. No, I've had, I had a good... Good string there. The The last one I watched was Slugs. Interesting. What a fascinating movie. It is. <laughs> From the director never, of Pieces. Sure. I, I was never bored. I will say that. <laughs> every, every line reading is, is such a choice. It's so fascinating. I've um, seen it, but I remember very little of it except a guy like decomposing in a restaurant or something. Yeah. There's some cool gore effects. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it's it's not my favorite, but it was. I'm glad I watched it. How did you watch I that? Love, Is that streaming? I somewhere? love listening. I yeah, love listening. yeah, I think on Prime. Okay, Amazon Prime. Sorry, Adam. What were you gonna say? No, it's okay. I love listening to you guys talk about a movie that I haven't seen, and just like, oh yeah, there's a guy who composes in a, in a <laughs> restaurant. And, <laughs> so now I start putting together this movie in my head, like, what the fuck am I? What? Listen, he was invaded by slugs. That's what happens. Okay. <laughs> learn your yeah, learn most... your slug science. <laughs> one of the most unlikable protagonists. It's it's a it's a fascinating movie, but. Again, I was never bored. All right. What inspired the the Cronenberg rewatch? Um, because again, I decided I was going to watch some eighties horror, and I went Dead Zone, Dead Ringers, and that just Got made it. me want to veer off and and do some Cronenberg. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll there. Adam, how about you? Uh yeah, I got I got two movies. Um, one I watched for the first time, and one I revisited after like twenty years. Uh, the one that I revisited after twenty years, I don't know why I got a kick on this. I uh, I rewatched Akira. Okay. Um, I I I know that I know that uh, Mike has seen it. Patrick, have you seen it? I haven't seen it probably since like nineteen ninety one, but I have seen it. Yeah, it's been like a real long time since I've seen it. It's been a real long it. time. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> so close. So close. Um, but uh, it's it, that movie is it, like it's it's so awesome. And then like I just remembered when I when I saw it in uh, you know back twenty years ago, not loving the last part of it, like the. The kind of not even I don't even want to say the third act. I want to say like the last like ten minutes when Akira really... jumps up into the helicopter blades. <laughs> yes, that's that's the part. That's the worst. Um, uh, no, it's just like where where everything kind of starts to get revealed and they they like explain things and the explanations aren't as satisfying as I think that it would have been if they just kind of left everything open and. Uh, yeah, I, I rewatched it and I kind of had the same feeling that like it kind of falls apart a little bit right at the end for me. But man, that movie is really good. And when you really think about, you know, just anime and just animation in general, that movie is just it, it's 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 one of those things that just like defined. There's like big moments that define a genre and that movie was is just there's so many things to like about it. And the, like, the pacing's great and the just the way that they kind of build like the not not I don't want to say world build but like just the scenery and and the way that they develop just the these um you know motorcycles and things that like feel real but just far enough in the future so I I don't know I I really enjoyed it this last time even though the the end didn't really feel as where I wanted it to go two things one yes. I'm recording this in my basement, and when you said world build, my George R. R. Martin plushie came to life. <laughs> did, he, did he write a book? <laughs> Two, uh, I remember the score being amazing. Yes, it's in very cool. Because I think I used it for one of my shitty student films in school. Do you still have that student film? <laughs> no, I doubt it. <laughs> 
It was called the Blair um, Nick Project. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the live action remake they've been trying to make for like 20 years? I'm glad it's not being made. Yeah. <laughs> it's always with like an all white cast too. That's right. It's always like, we got Emile Hirsch. Well, I can think of one thing wrong with that. It's one of those movies that I don't think is, what makes it great is not necessarily the story to me. Like, what makes it great is the animation and the the way that they, they, the artists make it is kind of one of the things that's great about that movie. Have there been successful anime to live action translations? I don't know much about anime, so like I, I saw just... Death Note. Uh, I never saw Ghost in the Shell. I'm yeah, trying. I, I'm yeah, trying I mean, to think of some others. I, I got nothing. Right now, there's some guy at home screaming at you know his computer or whatever his phone because we're missing one. But I I can't think of one. Well, I know there's a, a live action remake of Attack on Titan because I just heard them talking about it on yeah. Destroy the Brain, but I never saw it. I never saw the anime and I never saw the live action version. Same. Same, same. All right. I haven't seen. I haven't seen much anime. I like you know some of the heavy hitters like Akira, Ghost in the Shell. I remember liking Ninja Scroll, but I remember Ninja almost. I can picture nothing, the scroll. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, what's the other movie you watched, Adam? Um, I uh watched with my kids and so glad that i bought oh, it no. on disney plus uh raya and the last dragon oh i thought you were gonna say yes day <laughs> no um <laughs> i can honestly say i don't think i've enjoyed a disney movie as much as i've loved raya and the last dragon in a very very long time oh, that's... that movie is just it's it's great and like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the George R. R. Martin uh, doll again. Like the way it it kind of, I usually hate when a movie does um, like it, like oh we have to go and get this and then we have to go get this and we have to go get this and we have to go get this. But like so the most way, movies. <laughs> y- yes. No. Not that way. But what I mean is like the way uh, like a National Treasure. I kind of no. Think. I know exactly. I'm I'm know exactly what you're talking about, and I still think it's most movies because that's what modern uh tentpole like blockbuster i'm thinking of like uh rise of skywalker it's like we got to go get the thing to go find the thing yes exactly so um the but they they kind of here we go they world build while they're doing it so you're introducing new characters that kind of it spirals into a place that it needs to go so it doesn't really feel like you're you're running around like they do in, you know, Rise of Skywalker. It kind of feels a little bit more natural in it. But man, also, it's one of, it, like, beautiful to look at. Like, the animation is so good. And just the the, the storytelling and the care. I, I, I loved it. And my kids have watched it, like, seven or eight times since. Wow. And I've watched it at least two or three more times with them. So just really loved Ryan the Last Dragon. You got your money's worth. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> How long before there's an Emil Hirsch live action version? <laughs> I don't know. What are we What are we doing? Twenty years out now? Is that how long it's taking? Uh, has it, is it even that long? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Wait, we'll go. We'll go five years. Yeah. Um, what is the next live action Disney that they're doing? 
Little Mermaid, right? Is that happening? I thought so. Okay. I mean, I remember it being announced, but then uh, Sofia Coppola was at one point attached to it. I know she's not anymore. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Um, they didn't want a little mermaid filled with ennui. <laughs> Listening to New Order. I just didn't feel like that was the little mermaid they were going for. You took my voice. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Bill Murray as King Triton. <laughs> um, I saw a bunch of movies for as part of South by Southwest. I'm not going to talk about most of them. Uh, because what's the point? People can't necessarily see them right now. Some of them don't have distribution, so I don't know if they'll ever come out. But I'll bring one up because I'm 99% sure that Mike already saw it through Sundance, and that is the Sparks Brothers. Yes. Yeah, I thought you had watched that. Um, yeah. So this is Edgar Wright's documentary on the band Sparks, which I have to admit, and I'm not cool or hip when it comes to music, I knew nothing about this band before the documentary. Like if you told me Edgar Wright made it up, I would have maybe believed you if not for all the archival footage. Yep. Same. Okay. See, I thought you're, you're a little hipper than me. So I thought maybe you were familiar with sports. I am so not. And no, I was not. Although if, if, if I could, I, I was familiar with sparks and didn't know it because they were the band in roller coaster. Right. There a day hasn't gone by since watching it that I haven't thought about that because <laughs> I, like my sister and I used to sing that song to each other all the time. I had no we idea you were such coaster. a. I had no idea you were such a roller coaster fan. Oh yeah, I used to, yeah my, my 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 sister Nikki and her uh, her ex husband introduced me to so they, he loved it so I used to watch it all the time with him. Wow. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Hijack no, that's okay. What did, what did you think of the documentary? I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I, I think one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much was because I knew nothing about Sparks. Right. So I found it fascinating that they, that they've been around for as long as they have, that they've influenced, (laughs) that they've influenced, um, you know, other artists and stuff that I'm very familiar with. Um, and it just, you know, in my world, it, it, it felt like they influenced them behind the scenes, if that makes sense, because, Again, I, I wasn't. They weren't front and center in my world, um, so I found it very interesting. I found them interesting. I thought the music was good. Yeah, the music, uh, was, the music like, was interesting. I don't feel like it sent me down a Sparks rabbit hole. Like I didn't suddenly want to go out and listen to all of their albums. Sure, but it was interesting. The little bits that I would hear, you know, uh, throughout the movie. I liked the movie. I. I felt like it was maybe a little long at two hours and 20 minutes. It starts to repeat itself a little bit. And I understand the, the need for doing that because part of the thesis of the film is like, look how sparks has persevered decade after decade and they continue to reinvent themselves and they continue to challenge themselves and they don't go away. Even when music changes, uh, they don't and they're still here. So you kind of have to cover a lot of ground but I did feel like it started sure. to repeat itself after, you know, again, two hours and 20 minutes, which was an issue that I had with a lot of Sun, uh, South by Southwest movies that I saw this year that I felt like, oh, this is a little long and repetitive. So Sparks Brothers is not the only movie that I thought was guilty of that, but I liked it overall. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I agree. It was it was long, but yeah, again, I, I found it I found it fascinating. Hey, had I been a big Sparks fan, I wonder I probably still would have enjoyed it, but yeah. It, it would have been it would have been a different experience. Adam, um, you know music and you've hosted karaoke for many years. Are you familiar with Sparks? I I'm not. I mean, I've heard them, but I don't know much about them. Yeah. I was I just kind of assumed when you guys started talking that that was the bad the bad band from Gem, right? That's who the Sparks are. <laughs> uh, wasn't that the Misfits? Oh, that's right, the Misfits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. Why is that taking up real estate in my brain? But <laughs> there it is. Never heard of Sparks. Can tell you the bad band from Gem. Um, last really night, <laughs> last night on Shutter, Erica and I watched Slacks. Anybody see that yet? No, oh. but I, I, I no. I've seen the the poster and I'm aware of it, but I've not watched the movie yet. To its credit, Slacks runs a tight 77 minutes. Uh, Slacks, with two X's, in case you're not familiar, (laughs) is the movie about killer pants. Uh, It all takes place at a clothing store similar to a Gap or an Old Navy, maybe a little bit more higher end than those. Um, They get a new shipment of jeans in, and these jeans are sentient 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 <laughs> sorry that took me three tries you got it you got uh, it. yeah uh, i was gonna get there eventually and uh and murderous and they kill whoever puts them on and sometimes people who don't put them on and then the movie starts to take a turn and reveal the backstory of the genes and Ugh. becomes about an actual social issue which oh, okay. i thought was an interesting choice for the killer pants movie <laughs> Um, it's, you know, it's a killer pants movie. It was like, maybe not quite as fun as I wanted it to be, but like I said, it runs 77 minutes, so it doesn't wear out its welcome. There's some good, yeah, there's some decent practical gore. Um, I didn't love it overall, but it was an entertaining enough diversion. That's great when I, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. With with a name like Slacks with two X's, yeah, I automatically would have thought that it was an '80s wrestler or it was porn, and but it's not. It's a killer pants movie. So okay. Oh no! Here comes Slacks. <laughs> He's got a the wheels there. <laughs> the, the the music starts with a zipper coming open. <laughs> '80s wrestling. What's this coming down? Uh. 80s wrestling porn is one of my favorite subgenres, <laughs> which is why I'm such a big fan of Hulk Hogan's sex tape. It's a very specific genre. Except for all of the racist language that he uses. That really, it always takes me out. <laughs> Say your prayers, take your vitamins, hate other races. That's the Hulk Hogan way. I hear you, brother. Slacks. I am a real American. I don't like anyone but the white man. Oh, Hulk Hogan, you racist son of a bitch. Um, Slacks. Anyway, that's Slacks. And then the last movie I'll talk about, maybe you guys have had a chance to see, maybe you had a chance to live. And that is new to Netflix, The Last Blockbuster. 
No, I wanted to try to squeeze that in last night, but I didn't get a chance to. I watched uh, I watched about half of it. Okay. And I, I didn't get all the way through. I want to finish it up later on. It was fun to watch it with Erica because she has such fond memories of working at yeah. Blockbuster, uh, where she said to make sure that I mentioned that, Mike, you used to go into her Blockbuster. <laughs> I did. Uh, as did I. Um I would go visit her at work. So the last Blockbuster is in Bend, Oregon. And this is a documentary basically about the history of Blockbuster and how this Blockbuster has managed to stay open. And it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's entertaining enough. I don't think it's a particularly well-made documentary. It plays a lot of games that I'm not super interested in. Um, I like it because it's talking about video stores, but it's also talking about Blockbuster. And I'm not especially nostalgic for specifically Blockbuster. I'm nostalgic for video stores, but I'm not necessarily nostalgic just for Blockbuster. And they keep talking about, you know, oh, you walk in and you see those colors on the wall and you smell that smell. And, oh, you're in Blockbuster and you're safe and you're happy. And I don't have those memories. Um, Again, Erica, I think, is more nostalgic for it because she worked there and she loved that job and she loved doing her employee picks. And, you know, she she was great at that job. But... uh, I mean, again, as as movie nerds and video store kids, I certainly recommend it. Yeah, that that's why I'm looking forward to it. I I am I am somewhat nostalgic for Blockbuster. I I we went to you know like Ken's Video. We went to places that were not Blockbuster, but some of my fondest I have very fond memories of specifically Adam and I going to Blockbuster yes. with our parents. <clears throat> Like we, we would know we were going to have a sleepover that night. We would want something. <laughs> we shouldn't say this on a podcast, but whatever. We were, we were 13 year old. We were 40 kids. teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we wanted something with nudity, but we were hoping the title wouldn't give it away. Like my mom. Do you guys have slacks? <laughs> right. <laughs> like my, my, my mom, we could have gotten away with anything with my mom. Cause she's just not, it's just my mom. She's not paying attention, but Adam's mom was much more clever. We really like had to find a title that didn't let on uh, to what we were up to. Can but anyway, think, can you think of an example of this? Do you remember one yes. by any chance? Uh, oh, we right. do, and uh, I got yeah. in trouble for it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like our greatest our greatest find was a movie called "You You've Got to Have You Got to Have Heart." Uh, was the it's like an Italian, a dubbed Italian film. It was a comedy. It's um, not very good. No, and it actually actually has. It has other names as well, but the American name was you, you Gotta Have Heart. And yeah, we were like, this this title doesn't give anything away. But it was pretty explicit. Yeah. So we watch it, and it delivers on what we were looking for as horny teenagers. And then we leave, like, the, the sleepover's over, right? And my dad is looking for something to watch in the middle of the day and pops in the video and he says he got through like 10 minutes and I came home and he's like, he's like, we need to have a talk. <laughs> well, if I remember, if I remember correctly, the trailer, Adam, before the movie was. Yes, the trailer was, before the movie is like, oh my God. Yeah, it was, was explicit that you and I were high-fiving, but. <laughs> yeah, we had struck gold. Um, yeah, last last blockbuster. I look forward to it. I remember when I worked at Blockbuster, there was always like 
the dad who would drop his kids off in the kids section and then he would go browse the suspense section. Because <laughs> that's where all the Shannon Tweed movies were. Yes, exactly. Caged Heat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Scourge 2? <laughs> I liked the first scorned. <laughs> Well, Buzz's parents had HBO. I'm sorry, Mike's parents had <clears throat> HBO. So, you know, he he used to be able to record that stuff off of uh, Cinemax and everything. I didn't have cable. Yeah, the greatest gift I ever got was a VCR that, that you could set what time you wanted to record. So I, you know, would flip through the TV guide or whatever and be like, well, that title sounds like it could be interesting. So I'd it's on at 2, 2 a.m. I'd record it and then I couldn't wait to get home from school. <laughs> <laughs> How was school? Fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> got a lot of homework. Your copy of You Gotta Have Heart came in the mail today, son. <laughs> Just put it next to score. Ooh, that sounds good. Have you seen The Omen? <laughs> uh yeah it's it's weird that like there's a whole generation of kids not growing up with like late night hbo it doesn't it it doesn't exist anymore yeah there's no like late night anything there's no late night cinemax there's no late night showtime there's no like there's none of that anymore i guess there's just you know porn on the internet yeah they type it into the phone the tv in their pocket (laughs) it's not the same it's not it's all about the hunt. Yeah, they don't have to work for it. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> all right. Uh, let us get into talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, this is a-, a million tweets in the making. Um, I just saw before we started recording that now fans are insisting that he be allowed to restore the Snyder verse. Yes. Which means what he recuts, the, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I th- I have I haven't done a deep dive into what that means, but I was under the impression, um, continue to continue the Snyderverse because he, he teases sequels. Right, boy, does he? Um, <laughs> that's um, a, we'll get there, but yeah, I, I I could be wrong. That that's what I thought that was, but. This says, the headline says, after the release, there's a typo, of of Zack Snyder's Justice League, fans call for the Snyder cut of the rest of the DC Extended Universe films. Oh, maybe. I I know people want the air air cut of Suicide Squad. What are we doing? What are we doing? Warner Brothers today, I guess, came out and said, you're not getting that cut. (laughs) Good for them. (laughs) Just Um, shut it down. (laughs) We don't need that. Uh, anyway, I know that we all did our due diligence in preparing for the Snyder Cut and rewatched the original Joss Whedon cut of Justice League. So let's start oh, there. Where, how do you guys feel about the theatrical cut of Justice League? That movie's terrible, man. <laughs> it is dog shit. It is. It is. Dog shit. I, I do not like it at all. Um... I mean, it was fast. I'm glad I rewatched it as 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 aggravated as I was, and I was rewatching it again. I'm glad I did uh, before seeing this cut. In fact, I wish I had watched Man of Steel and Batman v Superman 
before diving into the Snyder cut of justice league, but whatever. Um, rewatching justice league, the theatrical one, I didn't like it when I saw it theatrically and I may like it even less now. I, I don't like it. It's it, it, that movie is such a let. Cause like there's, there, there, there's things that I like when you when the movie starts the the original Joss Whedon one, like I'll watch it. Back, okay, this is okay. Batman, all right. I'm a little interested in this. Okay, and then it just oh my god, it's just so poorly paced and just awful. And I'm watching that one, being like, oh god, if like if the Snyder cut is like this, I can't imagine another four hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, all of the uh, attempts at humor are terrible. Um, The one thing that I think works in Justice League, the Joss Whedon one, is Batman telling Flash at one point, just save one. Yes. Because he's worried because he's never saved a person, he's never done anything heroic. Now that doesn't work in the Snyder Cut because we're introduced to him saving iris yes so for him to say i've never saved anyone just save one person like none of that would work so they they were right to cut it or you know that was a joss whedon edition i don't know they took out all of the whedon stuff um yeah it's 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 a terrible movie and again one that there's a lot of people to blame um chiefly Warner Brothers because again Joss Whedon was hired to do a job and did the job he was hired to come in and make it short and make it light and make it fun Um, I think he failed at most of those things because it's not fun it is certainly light I guess it's short at two hours Um, and you know we've since learned that he's basically a kind of a garbage person so it's hard for me to feel any sympathy for joss Whedon in this situation uh did you guys read that vanity fair article about the snyder cut i did yeah yeah about 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 snyder himself right and the snyder cut yeah kind of the story of how we got here and what happened to him and how he kind of got forced out of the original justice league and it, it made me much more excited to see this cut yeah, me too, because not only did it make me much more sympathetic towards him, and he is, yes. by all accounts, like a good guy, uh, yes. which makes me want to like his movies, especially in contrast to Joss Whedon, who's, you know, by all accounts, a bad guy. Um, so I'm like, well, I want to like the Snyder Cut then, if this is who he is, but also just the whole story of what happened. You want justice to be served, and you want... Um, him to be able to make the movie that he set out to make, you know, and he kind of got his legs cut out from underneath him by Warner brothers. And so I'm glad that he's had a chance to go back and finish it for, for, for good or for bad. I'm glad that we have this movie. Yeah, me too. So what do you guys think? Uh, Adam, I'll start with you. What did you think of, We'll get general impressions of what we thought of the Snyder cut and then we can get into specifics. Uh, general. <clears throat> um, I, I liked it. I did. I, I, I did not start out liking it. I would say like the first hour I was like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. And by <laughs> the end of it, I was like, okay, all right. 
it's not it's not great, but I'm not. It didn't feel like the other one's two hours and felt like four hours, and this one was four hours and at least felt like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, Mike, how about you? Uh, I I I liked it quite a bit. It's it's a big big mess. Um, does not all work. But I, and I have not been a big fan of the DC films as of late. Um, I like some better than others, but I, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I thought big improvement on the Whedon version. Um, and again, maybe that article helped a little bit, but I just I couldn't help but be happy for Zack Snyder because. You know, kind of what you said, Patrick, like for better or worse, this felt like, you know, this was his this was his version. And he he seemed to get out what he wanted to get out. Um, and I was happy for him. And uh, I think it's a movie, I mean, despite its crazy runtime, it's a movie that I would go back to. Yeah. Or even even some of the DC movies that I like, like I like Wonder Woman and I thought Shazam was um uh, aquaman's all right like i i have <laughs> little i have little desire to revisit those movies though where this i really think like they're all on my shelf right now in front of me i would grab Zack snyder's justice league before any of them uh i liked it yeah i'm with both of you guys i i i agree that i wanted to like it a little bit because of that vanity fair article because i really dislike the joss whedon version um, but I thought it was pretty great. Uh, there's some stuff in there that I don't think works. And, and, and like I said, you know, for better or worse, I'm just glad that it's like, it's a movie that feels like it was made by a specific filmmaker who has a style, who has a point of view, who has a take on this material because nothing in the theatrical cut has a point of view, nothing in the theatrical cut, you know, there's no consistency of tone or style because it's this weird Frankenstein's monster of two filmmakers movies. And those movies are at odds with each other, basically. And this isn't that, um, I was actually surprised by a little bit of the humor that made its way, like mostly courtesy of the flash. I thought for sure that was all Whedon stuff and some of it still ended up in the Snyder movie. So I was surprised by that because his movies tend to be pretty humorless. Um, and this one at least attempts humor a couple of times. It's not obnoxious the way that it is in the Whedon version, because at a certain point, you know, the flash stops wisecracking and gets a few hero moments and it works. You know, the movie earns all the hero moments. Um, I've not been a big fan of the DC cinematic universe like you, Mike, and I think like you, Adam. We did a yeah. show on Batman v Superman, and I think we're kinder to that movie than a lot of people, because there's actually a lot of stuff in that movie that I do like. Um, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I don't like also, but uh, I, I, on the whole, consider myself a fan of Zack Snyder. I've not gone back and revisited Man of Steel since opening day. So I don't know how I feel about that movie. But I, I would, on the whole, consider myself a fan of Zack Snyder. It's an unfortunate side effect of the fandom of Zack Snyder. 
that it has made it very difficult to remain a fan of Zack Snyder because you don't want to align yourselves with these toxic idiots who bully people. And I just today I saw somebody tweeting out like, when Godzilla vs. Kong drops, watch Zack Snyder's Justice League instead. That'll send a message. It's like, you already won, you fucking idiots. You already won. <laughs> what are you doing, right? Like, what are we doing? But anyway, um, I felt like this vindicates Zack Snyder. I felt like this vindicates fans of the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I feel like they finally get a Justice League that's worth being a fan of DC. Um, you know, on the whole, I'm more of a Marvel guy just in terms of comics and movies. But uh, this feels like kind of like if you smashed Endgame and Infinity War, Infinity War and Endgame together and had one big epic movie, that would kind of be this movie, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it feels like a movie <clears throat> made by someone who cares about the characters, um, which I don't always get that impression with, 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 with some of the bigger blockbusters. Maybe that's just me. <clears throat> um, but I, you know, I was, I, I go back to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man just feels like, Movies made by a guy who loves Spider-Man. Oh yeah, um, and I do. I do feel that way about Zack Snyder and this movie. I don't. Uh, I mean, we could save this for another time. I. I don't. I mean, he. I don't love his version of Superman. Um, no, I don't either. <laughs> but but it, it doesn't mean he doesn't care care about Superman. Um, yeah, it just it, it it felt like a guy who just who really cared about the story and cared about these characters and that uh, came through to me. And um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I, what I really um, kind of responded to kind of go into the, the humor part of it. I, with, uh, with you, Patrick, is that like, there is, they took out so much of like, like by the end of it with, uh, I, I referred to him as Aquaman Randy Savage. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, come on. And I was like, oh, my God. And there, he still has two of them in there. The My Man is still in there. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's one other, but not nearly as many as they were. And the few comic beats that there were, I thought that the, the one part that I, I, I laughed out loud at is when they're on the rooftop and uh, – like Batman and Wonder Woman, all they just leave, and Commissioner Gordon turns around and Flash is like, "Oh, oh, we're we're leaving, okay." And like he kind of just didn't know what was going on, and yeah. I thought that was, I was like, "Okay, it was funny, you know, it was good." But um, yeah, hey, I'm glad Flash, they took out. <laughs> I thought you were the fast one. <laughs> Why is Mira British in this one? I, I don't know. <laughs> that seemed like one of those things that they could have course corrected, like maybe ADR the dialogue or something, because it would have been fine if they, you know, this version had come out before Aquaman, but we have an Aquaman, a whole movie now where she is not British. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even remember that. That's funny. I don't think she's, unless I'm remembering it wrong. I don't think, I know she wasn't British in the Whedon version, but I, 
don't feel like she's British in Aquaman. Uh, you you might be right. Whatever. There's bigger issues. Um, <laughs> but I like that each of the characters kind of got an arc instead of just showing up and appearing in the movie because they need to be part of Justice League. Um, or because we're especially setting up... Cyborg. Especially, I'm sorry? It's, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, especially Cyborg. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, what, no a, one, what a fucking difference. No one got done dirtier than Ray Fisher no by the Joss Whedon version. And you kind of understand a lot of his anger aside from the allegations of like on set abusive behavior and stuff. You can kind of see where Ray Fisher is coming from being really bitter about that experience because he was his, his performance, his character was gutted out of the movie. Yep. Got it. He was like the heart of the justice league in this version. Yeah. Um, and, and, the Whedon version, he's just, he's such a, an afterthought and it, uh, yeah, I was, I, I was, I was happy for him too. I wanted to say that earlier. Like I'm not just happy for Zack Snyder, but I'm happy for Ray Fisher too. Cause um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously his role was greatly expanded and he was, he was terrific. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it, what a difference. Well, I came you away know, caring about cyborg, which is something that I could never say before. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just that, like, the other thing that uh, kind of along, you know, uh, characters that didn't get enough, like, the Flash in the Whedon cut, like, does nothing. Like, he has no <clears throat> outcome. Like, it, it, the big moment where they're fighting at the very, very end in the Whedon version, <clears throat> his big thing is pushing a truck full of people away. Like, and, and I, I, being a fan of DC and the flash, I was like, what, that's it. (laughs) Like, that's what we get for him. And this one, I mean, he ends up at the end of it, kind of being the guy, you know? Yeah. Him and cyborg really saves it. Yeah. So. Yeah. um, All of the characters I feel like have, have an arc that is restored. Um, Flash gets to actually be a hero and participate in things cyborg we kind of talked about it's basically his story by losing him by losing all the joe morton stuff um they took the heart of the movie out and it was let no wonder it felt like this weird by the numbers like here are the characters you know and love acting in a movie uh there's just it, it's such a nothing the theatrical cut and this movie restores who these characters are um, even Aquaman, as opposed to just setting up his own individual movie, has a little bit of like a <clears throat> a little bit of an arc in terms of like refusal of the call, decides to be a hero, decides to be a team player, um, decides to take part in man's fight, not just in the underwater fight. Now, it doesn't work as well when you put it up against Aquaman because then he kind of goes through that same arc again. Yeah, in right, his own yeah. movie, he's kind of been through these emotional beats. If you watch the Zack Snyder Justice League first, um, and then you watch Aquaman, it doesn't work as well. But that's not this movie's problem. You know, this movie can't retrofit itself just to position the solo movie as well as it can be. It needs to work as its own individual thing. And I really feel like as its own individual thing, this movie works really, really well. I was surprised by how much I liked it, by how much I was invested in it. Um, Patrick, I know that you, you tweeted about it, and I was thinking about it after reading your tweet. Um, 
between the the stuff in Batman v Superman and the stuff now in the Snyder Cut, there's a really good Batman movie to be had there. I feel like like the Batman stuff in Batman v Superman was the stuff that that really worked the best. And now watching this one, it's like, oh man, Batman really is is fun to watch in some of these movies and some of his action stuff is really great to watch. Yeah, I think if if this is the version that we had gotten originally, um and I don't know if they ever would have released a four hour cut or if there's a way they would have split it into two movies or cut it down to two and a half hours. I don't know what they could have done. But if if we had just gotten the unfiltered Zack Snyder version of Justice League and never got that weird Joss Whedon abomination. I feel like we would still be getting a Ben Affleck Batman movie. I agree. I thought the same thing. And it's a shame that we're not. And I'm excited about the Matt Reeves one. I like Robert Pattinson. I bet it's going to be a really cool movie. So that's not to take anything away from the Batman movie that we are getting. But it is unfortunate that we're not going to get that solo Affleck Batman movie. Because I really do like the Ben Affleck Batman. His stuff in Batman v Superman is all my favorite stuff from that movie. I did too. Agreed. I agree. And I don't know that his stuff is my favorite in Justice League, but the character makes more sense. His determination to put together a team makes more sense. The overall threat of Steppenwolf makes more sense. Steppenwolf is a better, more interesting character. Way better. <laughs> Way better. I still don't really like the effect. Um but sure. he's way better. Again, in the in the Whedon version, and I don't know Steppenwolf from the comic at all. So the Whedon version, he just seemed like this weird placeholder villain. Yeah, I don't know the comic character at all, Adam. Maybe you could speak to that. But yeah, in the Whedon version, he just he felt like just a generic. Yeah, like we need a bad guy, and we made him out of yeah. CG. Well, right. What you have to know, like, as far as, like, what they get right with Steppenwolf as far as the comic goes, and they really, they touch on it here, is, you know, Darkseid is the leader of a cult. Like, it's these people that absolutely worship him. Whereas in, you know, it's kind of like a, with, with Thanos, I think there's people that follow him because he's powerful and, like, he's the he's the biggest guy in the room. Whereas in there's people that follow Darkseid not only because he's, the you know baddest biggest guy but they they worship and love him so like to see the way that he kind of just you know grovels and is like oh my god he's here oh my god like like dark side's here like do i look I, okay I love yeah right <laughs> like, like clean up the place all right <laughs> there's shit everywhere <laughs> um, god damn it i left i left you've got to have heart in the vcr <laughs> Darkseid cannot even watch the trailers for this. <laughs> but it was fun. It was it was fun as just a comic fan too. I know they like to see Desad and you know the the kind of little shout outs they have in this one is like as a comic book fan, like there's that one part with Darkseid toward the end, and I was like, Oh, there's Granny Goodness in the background. And I was like, Oh, that's that's kind of fun. And maybe she'll be something later on in another movie that I don't know. I mean, that's just the way I kind of thought of it looking at it, but you know, there was there was fun things as far as a comic book fantasy. I really think if they had released this version, we would be getting a sequel to Justice League. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because I would have wanted to see it. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of people would have. And I think, you know, we would have 
gotten rid of years worth of toxic release the Snyder cut bros on Twitter because it would have come out in the first place. And, and maybe they still would have been toxic about the movie that came out. I don't know. I couldn't speculate, but like, I just feel like Warner brothers really, really fucked up. And, and to their credit, they're writing the situation. They put 75 or $70 million into this new cut and they're releasing it on HBO max. And, people seem to be responding to it really favorably. So they did the right thing eventually, but I just, I think they fucked up so bad the first time around that they poisoned their own well. Agreed. Um, so uh, I, can we talk about a little bit uh, like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to talk about one more thing that I, that me personally, okay. Me personally, Adam, big green lantern fan. Oh, I knew this that, was coming. I knew this was that coming. They had in here. Okay. One of the things that I got so mad in the the, the Joss Whedon cut is there they they show this big battle that happened thousands of years ago and there's a Green Lantern in it and he gets his ass kicked right away. Nothing happens, okay? At least in this one, he gets his ass kicked, but he gets a few good punches in before. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I get okay, I'm okay with this now. Well, it's interesting. I saw maybe a tweet or something, and this is why I just need to not be on Twitter, where somebody said it's it's demonstrative of Zack Snyder's lack of imagination that we show a Green Lantern and they can produce or do anything with their ring. And instead, all Zack Snyder does is have them like shoot a laser at a bad guy. And I get the the point that they're making but at the same time this is a battle scene yeah it's all we have time for it's not his movie it's all we have time for it explains that we're at war and the green lantern is helping to fight in this war and the way that it's helping to fight is by shooting a green laser at the bad guy i don't know i so didn't have a problem with it if I'm fighting alongside Green Lantern in this epic battle and he makes like a giant hammer, I think I'm annoyed. Can you just shoot some fucking lasers, guy? Do you see what we're up against here? Great. Cute anvil, Green Lantern. <laughs> well, and then, you know, what? Um, so let's let's I, I want to bring up because this is something that. You know, geek me would have normally been some would have been really excited to see, but I think does not really work in the movie. And I real I do love because I'm a DC head. I love Martian Manhunter, <laughs> and I thought that stuff did not work at all in the movie. It's insane. Like he shows up twice in the movie, and I had this spoiled for me already by like an IO9 article, I think. So and I knew Martian Manhunter was showing up at some point. I didn't know when or how. So in the scene with Martha uh, Kent. Martha? <laughs> Why did you say Martha? Why did you say Martha Manhunter? Um, in the scene with Martha Kent and Lois Lane, and then, you know, she leaves and it turns out to be Martian Manhunter. Like, how come? What yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> why, is, why is Martian Manhunter pretending to be Martha Kent and having that conversation. I have no idea that would that like, I was like, Oh, that was a really nice scene. And then all of a sudden she, her eyes turned red and I'm like, what the For fuck? a second, like, I thought she was evil. I was like, is that dark yes. side? Why, why is dark side convincing Lois to get back out there? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Which is the point of the scene, right? But instead, it's Martian Manhunter. Like, get back Come out on, there. there's so many fish in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> we're so young. We're so pretty. <laughs> you don't have to wear that horrible reshoot wig. <laughs> That was another advantage of the Snyder cut is there's no Lois Lane reshoot wig. <laughs> the Whedon wig, as we will dub it. Um, and then he shows up again at the end. I don't, I just don't know. Again, as like a DC fan, I get being excited. Like, look, Martian Manhunter's in here. And the suggestion is, has been here all along, right? Because isn't that, I, I want to say the actor's name is like Harry Lennox or something from Man of Steel, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't put that you're right. You're right. You're right. You're goddamn right, Patrick. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie since the day it opened, and I remember that. Um, <laughs> so he's been Martian Manhunter this whole time. Uh, yeah, I, I, the scene at the end makes more sense to me. In terms yes, of that like, one, yeah, it, it, I, I I can only assume that was that was all going to play a bigger role in future movies. Right. Well, again, the whole epilogue is kind of a train wreck because we get, you know, there's some good scenes. Um, There's there's them looking, scoping out the Hall of Justice, you know, and saying six chairs and room for more. And that's in the Whedon cut and that's fine. But then we get all the post credit scenes with Deathstroke. Is that his name? Yes. Yes. And Lex Luthor, right? Um, and those work as post-credit scenes, I guess. They don't work as well in the body of the movie itself because they exist only to set up a sequel. Then we get an extended dream sequence, which I think was the only new thing shot for this version. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I don't think that felt like leftover footage to me. I don't think it was, but please don't. Please no, I, th- I think you are that. correct in that it, it's new footage, but I didn't know that that was so. So that's the only thing reshot. I believe so, but again, oh, interesting. Don't hold me to that because I don't know that to be certain. Um, right. And and then we got to talk again about Zack Snyder's feelings towards Superman because that dream sequence goes on for a long time. Um, <laughs> And it is basically the same as the dream sequence in Batman v Superman. Um, Except we get Jared Jared Leto's Joker. And we get Batman saying, I will fucking kill you (laughs) to to, to the Joker. Um, We get a team that consists of Batman, the Flash, Cyborg, Mira, still British, and Deathstroke, who I thought was a villain. Um, He's kind of... He's a villain, but he also has been, depends what, like, whatever suits his purpose at the time. Okay. I mean, it was interesting because one scene ago we saw him wanting to fight Batman, and then in the dream scene they're on the same side. So you're like, well, how did we get to that point, right? So it's intriguing. Um, And then we get that Martian Manhunter scene, and that's the, the epilogue. And I just think there's too many sequel setups in that epilogue. Maybe one could have worked, but it's like setup after setup after setup. Yep. Yep. To, uh, with no payoff in sight. Because we're not going to get a sequel to Zack Snyder's Justice League, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so, 
had we gotten a sequel, maybe it would have been worth it. But once again, in that dream sequence, we get this notion that Superman is to be feared. And I'm fascinated by Zack Snyder's take on the character. Um, because he is... He's not in this movie that much. Um, he's in a, about as much as he's in the Whedon cut, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah. maybe a few extra scenes here and there of like Clark Kent, but in terms of, I mean, him going back to the ship, putting on the black suit, some of that stuff is new. Yeah, um, in, the, in the in the Whedon cut, he doesn't talk to um, Alfred, and in this one, he kind of goes like yeah. when when he shows up in the the Whedon cut. The first time you see him is when he comes to start battling Steppenwolf. But right. in this one, it's like you know he's going to go there right. before he actually goes there. Right. Which is fine, again, because it pays off Batman's whole, you know, having faith thing so that we know that Batman's right the whole time. Um, so I'm okay with that. So there is some extra Superman stuff. Um, but I'm just fascinated on what you guys how you guys feel about Zack Snyder's take on Superman? I, I don't love it. As I get older, Superman um, means more and more to me and his, yeah, his, his, his take on, on Superman and Henry Cavill's portrayal is just, it butts up against what I want in my Superman. But I, I know that there are plenty of people that really dig um, what Zack Snyder's doing, what Henry Cavill's doing. Uh, Adam, we have a friend in Bill who, like, Henry Cavill is his Superman. Oh, wow. Uh, and that, yeah, and it, it, that fascinates <laughs> me, but at the same time, you know. Uh, um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Austin. I um, I agree with, with, with you that I'm not a fan. I, I like Man of Steel. I think I like Man of Steel more than most people do. I think the action sequence are really fun to me, but... Man, like when you the the nineteen seventy version just got it so right because when you read there was probably I think I, I collected Superman for about ten years, and one of the things that you start to get when you're when you're reading Superman is that he's not just this super powerful being, but he's also like unrelenting kindness. Like he's just always trying to make people feel included and make people like. He's the guy who's going to come in and save the day because he, that's just he, what he does. He's just a nice guy. And that just doesn't happen at all in in the, you know, DCU movie versions. Right. Th- this Superman, to me, feels like, like I, you know, I, I don't mind or I, I like the idea that Superman is, you know, he has a great responsibility, right? Like being superman on this planet but i don't like to me it comes off like he's put upon like he's just he's almost annoyed <laughs> um with, he, like i joked with patrick over text uh maybe last week that like in the beginning of justice league in the the Eden version <laughs> when that little boy is filming him it says whatever he says like hello to superman superman seems so annoyed to me um and again, it just it, it butts up against exactly what you said, Adam. I just, you know, one of the biggest compliments I could pay Justice League is it makes me, it made me want to re read comic books. 
Um, comic books were for a big chunk of my life were very important to me. The only thing that ever kind of rivaled movies, uh, were comic books. Adam and I became friends because of comic books. Adam and I have a group of friends because of comic books. We love comic books. We hung out at comic book store every, literally every day for years. Um, I love comics, but as I got older, I don't, I do not want to say I, uh, out, grew them at, at, at all because that implies something I, I don't mean to imply but life got got in the way a little bit i just don't read them like i used to um anyway so but every once in a while like a comic book movie like this happened to me with endgame and now with justice league like it ends and now i just want to consume comic books it gets me excited again and i um came down to my basement grabbed superman for all seasons which i have not read in 20 years uh written by jeff Loeb, illustrated by tim sale it's four issues long uh, tells a very early Superman story from four different perspectives. And it's just that Superman is the Superman you described, Adam, and that's just the Superman that that I want, just a kind. Yeah, he he falls, like, when you read it enough, you, you realize, like, Superman is, he protects humanity because he's fallen in love with humanity. Yeah, he like, loves humanity. Yes, and and in the, this you just don't get in in those movies. Like, you, you feel like the only reason he really is going to be... He, you know what it is? He's, the only reason he's hanging out with all of us is because of his girlfriend. <laughs> like, we're, the, we're the annoying friends that he has to see because he's uh, dating Lois Lane. Oh, uh, Lois is making me go and do these flood people. Oh, shit. Can we just, like, stick around at your house and make out? Can we just do that, Lois? Um... So much, so much to say. Um, I desperately want to like read comics again, but because of space and money, I stop myself from going into a comic book store. Money's a big one too, right? I mean, like when comics are not cheap. Well, they're they're not. When we started collecting, when I started collecting, they were they were a buck each. Now they're three ninety nine. Yeah. Um, What helps me a little bit is my youngest daughter loves comic books well i mean like she's way into like archie and stuff but she she pokes me every once in a while to go to a comic book store um so so that has gotten me back but uh yeah for the most part yeah i'm with you it's like it's a space and a money issue yeah for sure. i would love sound so old but <laughs> it's true i right now and I, I never thought i'd say this the only comic i truly still collect is green lantern because i just can't and i'll still read it but man one of the like kind of going along the money issue, the thing that really started to push me out of it was like, oh, when Green Lantern was like DC's number one selling, uh, you know, comic, it was like, okay, you've got Green Lantern, and then you've got the Green Lantern Corps, and then you've got right. you know, like yeah. all these. And they're doing that right now with Batman because Batman's the biggest DC one. It's like you got Batman, then you've got Detective Comics, then you've got Catwoman, then you've got like you've got all these, and if you don't collect all of them they all kind of start overlapping with each other and you don't know what the hell's going on anymore. Yeah, that's how it is for Marvel too. I would want to read Spider-Man and X-Men comics, but there's five in each line and it's like, I can't afford $20 a month just to read Spider-Man. Yep. Um, <clears throat> there's one other thing besides Batman telling Flash, save one person in the Whedon cut that I like. And that is at the very beginning when Superman's annoyed with the kid taking the cell phone footage. Um, <laughs> I like when the kid asks like, what's your favorite, 
what's your favorite thing about Earth, or what's your favorite thing about humans? Do we remember what he asks? I don't. I think it's Earth. I think he okay. said Earth. Okay. And Superman, like, kind of pauses for a second, like, gosh, where to begin? And then like, we cut on that. I need to compose myself so I don't laser this <laughs> <laughs> give me a minute i'm so where's your mother fucking irritated right now i just had to listen to jimmy talk about the mass singer for 45 minutes get me off the fucking and there's planet. a singer and he wears a dragon costume <laughs> can i record you superman <laughs> so Let's uh, like when we're talking about things that we I liked out of the Whedon cut, and they kind of change it a little. They they do change it a lot, but not necessarily like the angles and things like that. When they reawake Superman, one of my favorite parts in the in the Whedon cut was when Flash is like, "Oh, okay, they can't handle this guy. I'm gonna go take care of him." And Flash comes and runs up, and there's a moment where oh yeah, uh, Superman looks at him. Yeah, I love and, that part. Yeah, that's yeah, good. And, and he's like, oh shit, this guy can see me. Yeah. So, no, like, I I totally agree. I said the same thing uh, to to Christy when that happened. I was like, I yeah, I love that part. But that's in the Snyder one too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. That's but what I like about that entire wake up scene is or when when they when he kind of comes back to reality is in the in the Whedon cut Batman has gone and gotten Lois Lane and put her in a car yes yes and is like bring her out right. whereas in this one she just she figures she was out already there happening. because well no she was already there because she goes and visits the monument every day yes they yeah, set yeah, that yeah, up early right. on so it's like Lois is already there which is you know better writing yeah <laughs> i also like that it's joe morton who grabs the mother box off the car and runs back to star labs with it yeah me too and does what he does and sacrifices himself all that stuff works so much better than just like holy shit did anybody did anybody remember to grab the mother box oh no <laughs> steppenwolf got it it's, it was one of the worst things in a comic book movie I've ever seen, where Steppenwolf gets it because they forgot it on top of a car. <laughs> it was. I also got just such a better sense again of like what the mother boxes can do. We yes, get a whole, exactly. we get a whole backstory on um, how they came to be, you know. And I, I will admit, I I really like. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I really like her in the first Wonder Woman. I'm less, a little less enthused with her performance in this movie. There's certain line readings that I feel fall kind of flat. So having her deliver all that exposition, I wasn't fully on board with, but whatever, it's fine. But again, you just get such a better sense. The whole uh, battle with the Amazons is so kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have such a better idea of like what is at stake in this movie in the Zack Snyder version, I should say. Um, and you don't get any CG Superman upper lip. Yes. Which I was, I was looking for a little bit, but yeah, I don't, I didn't notice any of it. No, there shouldn't be any because they were able to shoot all of it before he had to grow his mission impossible mustache. That's true. 
And again, he's not in the movie that much. I would love a sequel to Justice League where, like, Superman is part of the team. Yes. Yeah. Um, because that would be cool to see him fighting alongside them. But I think they handle all the stuff with, like, Superman being gone, there being a sense of loss building up to bringing him back. The reason for bringing him back makes more sense. The idea that, like, oh, the Mother Boxes didn't awaken until... Superman was dead. They're yeah, afraid was... of him. You know, like it the 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 loss of Superman and the decision to bring him back, all of it makes way more sense in this version. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, kind of go back to what you were saying about the fight with the Amazon. That was another it kind of goes along with what I was the Green Lantern thing. Like when you see the Whedon cut. Steppenwolf shows up and beats the shit out of the Amazons. And yeah. at least in this one, I felt like, oh, they, they almost beat him. Like, they almost get him, you know? And then they give him a good fight, but it just doesn't end up happening in the end. What do you guys think about Wonder Woman vaporizing that dude in the bank and then turning around to a little girl and saying, you could be whatever you want to be? I mean, I don't know. Is that is that the worst? It's you know, we don't want it. We don't expect to see Wonder Woman killing people, but she does chop off Steppenwolf's head at the end too. She does, and like just to add insult to injury. Fuck you, dude. (laughs) There was um, they they have a little bit of it in here too because that's one of my favorite beats um, in Batman v Superman was when she first shows up as Wonder Woman and she starts fighting Doomsday and he hits her. And like she blocks it, and she gets a smile on her oh, face. Oh yeah, that's the best. Like, that's the best Wonder Woman moment in that movie. Yeah, and it's so great. And they kind of have a little bit of it in here when she starts fighting Steppenwolf. She's like, "Oh yeah, here we go. Let's do this." <laughs> that stuff's cool. Um, so I will say there there was one other thing that I you wanted you were talking about how to make the movie shorter, and so just the way that this weekend was laid out i knew that i had to watch two hours of the original justice league and then i had to watch the four hour (laughs) one so i was like i was like there's no way i'm gonna be able to do all of this in in one weekend so i started watching i watched like the first hour of the snyder cut and then i had to stop and i watched the rest of it the next day and i our our friend nancy had come over and she's like well how is it so far and i was like i have never seen so much slow motion in my <laughs> entire life the entire scene where uh where aquaman is walking out on a dock yeah and the water is splashing i was like this is like five minutes long of him walking down a dock well question would it have felt quicker <laughs> had the white stripes icky thump been playing maybe i, I don't know <laughs> Wait, did that like, did that change break your heart mike listen i like nick i'm a fan of nick cave i believe it was a nick cave he switched it with yeah but yeah i'm not i wasn't thrilled <laughs> i genuinely <laughs> like that part of the weed version. well and it makes even less sense because he already had his introduction yeah like that's we already the had second time you see him yeah, yeah. We, we kind of already had the aquaman is cool sequence there is one shot in his first appearance where he's kind of standing above i think it's bruce wayne like in silhouette 
and the water's coming up behind him. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yes. It was, yeah. it's an amazing shot. It looks right out of a comic book. And I'm like, Oh, Zack Snyder is so good at like iconography. That's what makes right. him so good with these characters is that he understands them as icons and shoots them accordingly. The, and it's nice to see those, but I just like, it was overkill at the beginning. And I was like, well, that God, second, like, that second Aquaman sequence yeah. is, is completely unnecessary. It's totally redundant. So I was just like, oh, my God, if this is going to be four hours of slow motion, I was like, this is going to be a long four hours, man. But to the credit of the movie, like the first 45 minutes, it does a lot of like that slow motion. Yeah. Let's set this up. And then it you it kind of vanishes. Yeah. Or, or I would argue you're you're used to it. Maybe. There's definitely yeah, slow there's... motion during the fight scenes. Yeah. A lot of times with Flash, too, because they're trying to demonstrate how quickly he's moving, and so they slow everything down around him. So that whole sequence with Iris is really cool. I really like the whole scene, but it takes forever. Yeah. Uh, and then she never comes back. I was kind of hoping she would. So do you think we're going to see any of these? Like, would they do a one-off of Flash? Would they do any of these? Do you think we'll, we'll get any of the Snyderverse? We're, we're supposed to get a Flash movie. Andy Machete is supposed to be doing yeah. it. Right. Uh, who did It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, Adam, which I know you loved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I loved yeah, Chapter 1, and so I'm, I'm going back, uh, Mike, just to kind of give you a little bit of background. I'm <laughs> Going back, I had hip surgery, so I had all this time off, and my wife was at work, and I was like, I'm going to start, my my wife hates horror movies, so I'm like, I'm catching up on all the horror movies that I didn't get a chance to watch. So I watched it, what? No, sorry, go ahead. So I, I watched It Chapter One, and I was like, that was great, like, this movie's amazing, I can't wait for the second one, and I'm telling Patrick, I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait for it, chapter two. And he's like, okay, just just let you know, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like an hour into it, and I was like, oh, Patrick is a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what did you guys uh, think of the uh, the aspect ratio decision here? I was not a fan of it. No, me either. Same. It has something uh, to do with. Wanting to release IMAX. it in IMAX, right? Right. But yeah, that's it, what I. But so would it still understand. be? Would it still be four by three in IMAX? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because I've gone to IMAX movies before, and they're not that aspect ratio. Uh, Avatar, hello. Was it really? No, Avatar is in like one eight five, or you know, like it's in a rectangle the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. So why couldn't Justice League also be that? Yes. Like, I, I didn't get it, but okay. It's the way he wanted to shoot it. That's the way he shoots it, but... It's my number one complaint about the movie. And I, it's a pretty nitpicky complaint, you know? But I'm just like, boy, if this were just in a more open aspect ratio, if I could see more of the world that he's presenting, uh, I think I would like this movie even more. And I already like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, where does this rank for you guys amongst the DC EU? I yeah. really think for me it's number one. 
uh, you know, maybe it's it's because I just watched it, but yeah. Um, again, I I can't. I I would I would watch it right now, and I don't think I ever felt that way about about the other ones, even the ones I kind of liked. Uh, I never had a desire to, to to watch them again, especially right away. It's a four-hour movie, and I would be fine if, when we're done recording, uh, popping it back on. I really liked it. Yeah, you know what? I, I think, like, the only other one I can think of that might compete with it is Wonder Woman. But I kind of think I like this one better than Wonder Woman. I think yeah. I like this better than Wonder Woman. The only one for me that might be number one, if it's not this, is Birds of Prey. Birds oh, of Prey. I really like Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey rules. Yeah. <clears throat> but. Oh, yeah, you know, now yeah, I feel bad. I didn't even. Yeah, it's, I Birds of think Prey. I like this one better. Yes. Yeah. I, this remains my number one. But yeah, Birds of Prey, I really like. Um. um so it's been really interesting too watching it this weekend because my son has, you know, he he's seven, so he's just started getting into. He really wants to watch the Marvel movies, so we've been going back and watching. Definitely it. It just start happens. him with Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, that would go. We actually started with Ragnarok because oh, you know right. I'm just trying to get him interested in it. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Um, Ragnarok is never not on in this house. Oh, for real? That movie's so good. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> my yes. My my lovely wife. I love her. And I like Ragnarok. Don't get me wrong. That that is her jam. Wow. Um the funny part about it though is so I show him Ragnarok and he's like, Oh, I kinda wanna watch more of that. And I was like, Okay, well, let's let's go let's start going through the avengers movies so i so i show him the first avengers movie and right away he's like wait a minute i thought loki was a good guy what is going on here <laughs> i'm trying to explain to him this movie takes place before that he's like i i don't get what you're saying dad but it was just really interesting watching that movie made by whedon and then right afterwards i had to watch the two-hour justice league movie and it's just fascinating how you know the first avengers movie works so well and the same director i mean i know he didn't shoot the original stuff but the same director director does the justice league and it's a pile of trash is it just because he's less invested in the characters is it because he's trying to reshape something that already exists i mean i'm sure that's not an easy job but he also doesn't really seem to give a shit or like any of the dc characters yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that he there's nobody in that movie that I think he's like, this is this is my guy. You know, this is the one I'm going to highlight. Yeah, he just seems to just be more interested in. All right, I'm going to have to recut this and figure out how I'm doing it. Well, and he's he's introducing half the team also, you know, uh, yeah. And doesn't really bother to do that, you know, the, and, and some of that has to do, I'm sure with the Warner brothers mandate that the movie be short. Um, so he doesn't have the time to really introduce Aquaman and the flash and cyborg and cuts out all the stuff that Zack Snyder did to introduce them. But again, by restoring all that stuff, it makes these characters work so much better. So much yeah. better. I agree. 
I also wondered, like, when I was watching it, if he didn't, he kind of goes into Cyborg and Flash a little bit more. And I just wonder if the idea that there were already existing movies for Aquaman and everything was in the back of his head when he was doing this, or if he kind of just, this was always his plan. Yeah, I mean, maybe, because, right, because Aquaman was already off the ground when he was shooting Justice League. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um... Okay, so last question here, okay? Worse wig, the um, Lois Lane reshoot wig or the, the Kate Mara reshoot wig from Fantastic Four? Uh, which Kate Mara? Kate Mara. Yeah, I'm going with the Kate Mara. It's still the worst reshoot wig I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's horrific. And that's a movie I've never revisited and probably will never revisit. Same. Yeah, I remember going to see that with you, Patrick. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh boy." Yeah, I'm until still... uh, until the trink cut comes out and you make us do a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, release the trink cut. <laughs> um, I'm still mad at the guy. <clears throat> when we went to see Fantastic Four, they showed a trailer for the remake of Point Break before it, and the guy next to me. The trailer right. ended and the guy goes, <sighs> yeah. and I was like, yeah, right on you and me guy. And he kind of leans over to me. He's like, as though the first one is a classic. And I'm like, oh, we are on oh, different shit. fucking pages, man. <laughs> we are not sighing for the same goddamn reason. You keep point break out of your mouth. And the other one, uh, I, one of my favorite Patrick movie going, it was just a small little thing. We went to go see the remake of total recall. And oh boy. the 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 produ- like you know how like every studio and everything has their own little like logo and everything that comes up and one of them was original pictures <laughs> and it comes up and Patrick just <laughs> loud enough for me and like three people around him goes, Well that's irony. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was on fire. <laughs> you were. <laughs> um anything else about the Snyder cut before we wrap up? No, if, you know what, folks, if you're listening to this and, uh, you know, we've spoiled the movie significantly for you now, but if you still <laughs> haven't seen it, you know, go go watch it. I think you're going to like it. Agreed. Ready I like that Martian Manhunter movie. Yeah. Uh, I liked it a lot. I look forward to seeing it again. And, yeah. Are you it's guys... a recommend for me. It's a, it's a what for you? It's a recommend. Oh, good. Okay. I'm waiting to hear <laughs> It's our it's our blockbuster employee pick. Oh, very yeah. nice. So, um, are you guys Zack Snyder fans? I am a Zack. Snyder. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. I, I like Dawn of the Dead. I dig Watchmen. I I'm a sucker punch apologist. Me too. I do. Um, I apologize for that movie all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I love the world in which Adam keeps having to apologize for liking Sucker Punch. <laughs> is this a situation that's happening at home? Like, where is this taking place? It's mostly my son. He, he just <laughs> I like that movie. I don't get it, Dad. <laughs> Shut up and eat your Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Shut up and watch Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> what do you like most about Earth? <laughs> Oh, just fucking get again. 
Um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm mixed on Man of Steel and on Batman v Superman, but uh, I'm not a huge 300 guy either. That's one of those movies I haven't revisited. I've yeah. got a yeah. Lot of, yeah. I was gonna say the same. <clears throat> um, yeah, my memory is that I liked it, but I, Lord, I haven't seen it in a long time. I think that's another one I haven't seen since opening night. I think I'm in the same boat with you, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Make room in that boat, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Same for me. You know what I was thinking about, too, since we were just talking about ranking them? Like, how long has it been since we did our favorite superhero movies? And, like, I was thinking about how many have come out now. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. Yeah. When the uh, pandemic is over and we can actually sit together in person and record a show, we should uh, redo that one because I'm guessing our lists would be very different. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. I'd have to there re-listen so to that one because I don't remember. That. I know. It's crazy. It's like when we did that, there was like maybe, you know, 15, 20 total to, to, to choose off of. And now yeah. it's, I mean... Now there's, it's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. We'll redo it once we can actually sit together in person. Um, but thank you guys very much for doing this show and for watching six hours worth of Justice League. <laughs> it was worth it. Thank you. Yeah. In the end, it was worth it. It's, you know, I got through all the slow-mo of the first one. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it was all good. <laughs> Um, thank you guys very much for listening. As always, go to fthismovie.com every day for new articles, podcasts, whatever. Uh, email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at fthismovie. Or, uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, and uh, you can listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Um, thanks again, boys. This was really fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.